Hey everyone, thanks for joining us at the Dynasty Roundtable, where we debate and discuss all things Dynasty Fantasy Football. I'm your host, Phil, joined today by my good friends and league mates, David, Andy, Sean, and the one and only, Heebs. Alright, what are we at? Episode 34? Uh, I think that's right. Let's go episode 34. Alright, this week, no Andy, but he did the outline for us, and uh, we're going to try to get through it. Uh, he did the news part of the outline, so we're going to break down some news, and then uh, this is Sean's episode. It's Sean's time to shine. Sean's postseason awards, fantasy awards. Heebs is finally back. We went through his take review. He got 13% right all season long, and now he's going to start. I guess we already started season three of Heebs takes, but he's going to pick it up where he left off and just disappoint us all again. Can't wait. I'd say the biggest piece of news this week is Tony Pollard broke his fibula. A lot of people, we, I know a few of us here have done some startups already, and he's going relatively high for you know a 26-year-old running back in a startup. So I guess for the Dynasty community, this is big news. For me, this is like, okay, yeah, he's an old running back I didn't really care about to begin with, but here we are. So what kind of Dynasty impact do you guys think uh, this has on Tony Pollard. I'm in the same boat as you. Um, I'm not really a big Tony Pollard lover. Uh, not not a huge fan of his. I think he's obviously looked pretty solid this year, but to your point, he's old. You know, he doesn't have a ton of mileage like a 26 year old running back would have, which I guess is a positive. But now you add on what's a pretty significant injury. He's going to require surgery. the The word is he's going to be ready by camp, but you know, now he's a free agent and he's injured and that's probably going to impact what kind of contract he can get and what kind of team is going to, you know, pick him up. So it's going to limit his upside and limit his landing spots. Um, I was already probably avoiding him because of the, the reasons I mentioned earlier. This just makes it that much easier for me to avoid him. Yeah, I completely agree. Like this injury came at the worst time. He's a free agent. He's, um, you know, a team wants a bell cow or at least close to a bell cow. And I think this injury might squander any possibility of that happening on the new team that he's going to. But some of these startup drafts that we've been doing uh, right after the season end, we're seeing Tony Pollard go over like Javante Williams and Nick Chubb and, and Ramondre Stevenson. I think that's ludicrous. Even before the injury, I'm like, what are you guys? Dalvin Cook. But, he's going ahead yeah, of Dalvin, Dalvin Cook. Yeah, it's, like, it's, it's, it's crazy. No one should be going after Pollard that much, especially since he's a free agent. Like, they just expect him to have a workhorse role out of nowhere. It's not happening. But, um, yeah, it, it sucks. I feel bad for the people that drafted him uh, so early. So, yeah, but uh, he's talented, and hopefully he can get back to speed. But I, I do think he lost a little bit of money with this uh, with this injury. I think this really just opens up him re-signing in Dallas for a year on a cheaper contract, maybe trying to prove his worth one more time and then going for that big multi-year deal. Maybe they tag him like they were talking about, but I think they come to us a uh, money deal. Zeke's already talking about cutting money to, to bring in help. Um, so I think Pollard does the same, and we see another year of Pollard-Zeke. That's the other thing, right? Like right before he broke his leg, like uh, <laughs> they were talking about franchise tagging him. And then like literally, I think that day or the day after he just breaks his leg and is like, yeah, I'm out now. So it'll definitely be interesting to see what Dallas does. 
I guess another piece of news, Mahomes, high ankle sprain. This uh, this has no dynasty impact, really. He came back. Do we even need to talk about that? No. No, he's okay. fine. Yeah, Chad Henney's the <laughs> yeah. starter, so um, prepare yourself. No. Hey, Chad Henney had a Nine longer drive than Mahomes did that entire game. So longest I think he's in probably Chiefs the starter postseason history. Thank you. Man, ninety-eight yards. So Mahomes, who exactly? Thirty-seven. The legend. Old. Chad. I think Henney. we should just talk about Kelsey for the rest of the pod and how good he is. And... This is the end of Mahomes, right? If Chad Henney comes in and has Chiefs postseason history, I mean, oh, one hundred percent. Yeah, it's 100%. got Brock Purdy written all over it. It's just going to be the same situation. <laughs> no chance Mahomes starts in the championship game. So another thing came up. I mean, this is this is Heeb's guy. Saquon Barkley reportedly turns down a contract for twelve million a year for three years with the Giants. I think he wanted somewhere around the Christian McCaffrey money, which I think is 16 mil a year. I think they meet in the middle. You know, this is 12 that he turned down. That's 16. I think we see somewhere like a 13, 5, 14, or maybe over the course of four years instead of three. I think maybe he's looking for the longevity versus the money. I think the best case scenario for Saquon is to turn down the Giants and go to Chicago. He can get the money he wants. The RPOs that they could run with Justin Fields and Saquon Barkley would just be freaking nasty and be insanely hard to guard. Um, so that's what I think. For nothing, Saquon. nothing would make Hebes hate Saquon Barkley more, and I'm all for it. Let's go, bring him, bring him to town, bring him on the Bears. To your point, they got all the money to spend in the world right now, so that's a good spot. And they, and need they to have back. to spend it, right? They have to spend it. Yeah, I can see that as a real possibility of the Bears going after Saquon and uh, whatever. They're they're all dead to me. The Bears, Saquon, they all suck. But uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, Saquon, you should have been. He should have smashed that money. I mean, you should. If we learned anything from Ezekiel Elliott and Christian McCaffrey, is running backs are a terrible investment when it comes to second contracts. So yeah, smash the deal that you got. Get the money. You're getting that's getting paid handsomely at that position will the bears pay him more maybe maybe i mean if they if they're gonna shoot for the chip they got a lot of money to spend that's probably what he's hoping for but um yeah i mean somebody who's been injury plagued for the last two years i say just take the money and take the contract like played 17 games this year well i'm talking about the years uh the two years prior before that yeah, uh, tough for me. I think uh, Saquon is going to get paid wherever he goes. The amount he gets paid, I think it'll ultimately end up being more than the $12 million per year they offered him. I guess we'll wait and see. But a piece of information that I think is worth touching on, I think what I read was that that offer was mid-season around their bye week that they offered it to him. Uh, so that was prior to them going on a run and making the playoffs and winning a playoff game and so now uh you know they've shown that that team that they have in place now is has the potential to win games like that so maybe saquon becomes even that much more valuable for the giants and maybe they consider paying him even more yeah that's a good point i think he's got a little bit more leverage now i think sean's right i think he probably lands somewhere around three year 45 million 43 45 million something like that Will the Giants do that? I don't know. It seems like not that much more money compared to what they offered him, so uh, you would think that they would. But I guess time will tell. It'll be an interesting offseason. 
you know, I think just giving Barkley a little, a couple extra mil versus whatever they're going to have to negotiate with Daniel Jones. So they just pay Barkley what he wants and then tag Daniel Jones seems like the way that it's going to play out. I don't know if they tag Daniel Jones, um, giving him, what is it? Top five money. I, that's, that's tough for me. I feel like they're going to try and work out some type of long-term deal with Daniel Jones. What do we got next? The Bengals are really good. I mean, yeah. Joey franchise looks great. Um, I think we've talked about it over the last couple episodes that uh, he's he's definitely moving up a tier. He might be in that top three now. So um, I don't think we really need to say more about it. He's very good at football. Jamar Chase is very good at football. T. Higgins is very good at football. Joe Mixon is very good at football. I'm not going to say Tyler Boyd, Sean. I, I see you're trying to get me to say it, but I won't because he's he's not. He's not worth the first. He's not worth the first and a second. No, he's okay at football. He's a, he's a solid late wide receiver three. He'd be the best wide receiver on the Patriots. Ah, that's debatable. He'd be the best receiver on the Bears. I'll give you that. I agree. I agree with the Bears statement. But um, he'd, be, he'd be the best wide receiver on the Packers too. Oh yeah, we could use Boyd. <laughs> but um, there's one thing I took away from uh, from the game is I think the Buffalo Bills are a tad overrated. It, they're moving in the wrong direction as every year that goes by, they're getting further away from the Super Bowl. That's a little concerning. And I, I don't know if you guys saw it, but Josh Allen looked a little shaky um, throughout the whole entire game. He didn't look dominant. And I, I've noticed that with a couple games from him, he still comes out with some pretty good stats. But, yeah, it's just something to monitor. I mean, I'm, he's definitely not up there with Mahomes, and I now I don't think he's up there with Burrow. Josh Allen apparently looks so bad that in one of the leagues that Heaps and I are in, he got traded Josh Allen and the 110 for CMC and the 1-2. Like, really? That was so awful. Now, when I say this, when I say this, I'm talking about real-life quarterback. Okay, he's amazing for fantasy. That trade was (laughs) god-awful. It was disgusting. Yeah, I mean, the big takeaway I got from the Bills game was that uh, Gabe Davis just really sucks. He didn't look like he gave a shit out there. Couldn't catch anything that was thrown his way. How's that different from any other game that he can't catch? It's not. It's not. thrown his Um, way. Okay. But I will admit he did have like a game. Yeah. He did have like a game losing drop. (laughs) After all the big game playoff Gabe Davis talk that we've heard, I just had to make sure it was known uh, that he is not only trash in the regular season, he's equally trash in the playoffs. And that's part of their downfall. Uh, you have to have another weapon outside of Stefan Diggs, and Gabe Davis is not it. So, so, so he's wide receiver uh, top 24 next year, Gabe Davis? You think, think he's going to be yeah, there? Yeah, I, w- I wish I could say that, but uh, yeah, I agree with David. I don't think uh, Gabe Davis is the option. Uh, but I'm, I'm happy that Dawson Knox stepped up. Khalil Shakir looked pretty solid too, honestly. He did. I agree. Yeah, Shakir's a good, good deep dynasty stash if uh, the Bills don't touch a wide receiver in the draft. Oh, but um, I feel like they have to at this point. I think they're going to call for DeAndre Hopkins. I think they're going to go all in, put on the other side of Diggs. Diggs on one side, Hopkins on the other. Um, they could get Adam Lazard. Yeah. 
Well, they could do that. One uh, top free agent, Alan. At God, I messed it up. Top free agent, Adam Lazard. Better wide receiver. Out. Wide receiver, thirty-five above Gabe Davis. Alan Lazard. Adam Lazard. <laughs> hey, Diggs. Diggs should watch out for his job. <laughs> Lazard's coming for it. One comparison I've seen on Josh Allen is uh, everyone's calling him on Twitter that he's uh, Philip Rivers. Uh, he just can't get I saw over that the big too. game. And it's like, why? Because because he wears the same number? Like, is that the thing? Uh, Come the on. playoff struggles. The, um, you know, it's the playoff struggles. He just can't get over the those other elite um, quarterbacks. You know, I guess. Get over I mean, Holmes neither can Kirk Cousins, right? So, is he yeah. Kirk Cousins? Well, one guy's in like his fourth season. I can't do it either. One guy's in like his fourth season, and the other guy played like. 18 seasons of playoff struggles. I think it's a little early to call him Philip Rivers. Yeah, I'm I'm with David there. It's a little early on that one. It's honestly a shame. Like if if Allen was a little bit before Mahomes, he could have, you know, but the fact that he's in the same generation as Patrick Mahomes, it sucks for a lot of the quarterbacks. Well, there's Mahomes and then he's getting passed by Burrow, you know, and then Herbert's right there with Allen, you know, I so We'll see. He's a great fantasy quarterback, though. He's still number two in fantasy. Yeah. Hey, guys, don't trade him for CMC. That's just stupid. It's, this is a super flex. Like, we talk super flex tight end premium. Don't trade one of the top two. Uh, he, he was going 1-1 in a lot of startup drafts going into the season. Don't trade a top two dynasty quarterback for CMC, who's 26 years old. And yeah, he's a good running back, but that's not going to let like he'll be gone. And Josh Allen, Josh Allen will still be a top five quarterback in the league. Worst so, case scenario, yeah. Josh Allen's dynasty QB four. That's right. worst case. Well, yeah, but the thing about it is, in some of the recent startups that we've done, Josh Allen is still going at the one on one, and I understand the the appeal to him because he has the throwing and he has the rushing upside that honestly Patrick Mahomes lacks. Um, he still Patrick Mahomes still has some, but it's nothing near Josh Allen. So I understand it. I personally like Patrick Mahomes a little bit better, but it's it's preference. <laughs> so the fact that you're training for a running back and a draft pick to draft another running back who's unsure on um, it, it's just it's so dumb. Yeah, completely agree. So uh, this week we're going to do something a little different for our dynasty discussion. We're just going to kind of recap the season, go through. Sean came up with uh, his postseason awards, so we're going to go through that. I thought this was going to be Sean's episode. I thought he was going to read them, read them all off for us, but he apparently wanted to delegate these. So I guess we're each going to be reading off some of these awards that uh, Sean came up with. So you want me to do a little bit, a little intro of what I did? Sure. Do it. Okay. All right. So I came up with eight awards. Us at DRT, we did a vote on them, and we came up with some nominees, and we have calculated the winners, and these are the DRT awards. And if Phil wants to start us off, he's going to give away our first award, which is called Fantasy MVP. You got to start with the MVP, right? I, I think usually they do that last, but we're going to go ahead and start it. Uh, just start it off with the MVP. So Sean's notes here say it's a guy we consider consistent, led you through the season to a championship title. So you guys want to go through the nominees, and we'll then we'll then I'll say the winner too. So we'll do. Uh, here were the nominees. We got Patrick Mahomes, obviously. 
Travis Kelsey, Austin Eckler, Justin Jefferson, and Christian McCaffrey, who you should not trade for Josh Allen. Or you should trade him for Josh Allen. Don't trade for CMC by giving away Josh Allen. That's stupid. Don't do that. Um, the winner, uh, I don't know how close this was, but it's Travis Kelsey. I mean, just in my opinion, so we're talking super flex tight end premium leagues. That's what we play uh, the majority of. Uh, in tight end premium, especially the position scarcity, tight end, Travis Kelsey was so far above every other tight end that this is, this has to be the answer, right? Is, does anybody think that anybody else should be over him? No, not at all. No. I mean, if you look at some of the other candidates, Eckler, there's other running backs that can put up close to production. There, Mahomes, there's other quarterbacks that can put up close to production. But when Kelsey, he is at uh, in his position just completely on his own different planet and he can single-handedly win you weeks and he always produces you expect him to uh, in tight end premium put up 30 point games or at least close to and does it on a weekly basis you just don't see that in another player yeah the runner-up for this was austin eckler but it wasn't really close we all voted travis kelsey as the clear-cut winner all right moving into our next uh, award we're uh, calling it the Old Timer Award. And this is a guy who's above the age of 30, who was a key part in your dynasty team. But we're not doing superstars or QBs, because that would just be like Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady, Devontae Adams, guys like that. So the nominees were Raheem Mostert, Tyler Higby, Adam Thielen, Taysom Hill, Cordero Patterson, Jarek McKinnon, Zach Ertz, and Tyler Lockett. Um, the winner... And it was pretty close, I believe, was Tyler Lockett. Yeah, so this wasn't really close for me at all. I had Tyler Lockett as my clear-cut number one. He played, he missed one game. He played every other game other than that, and he was consistent. Um, always has been, honestly. Jarek McKinnon, you could make the argument for, just because he kind of came along during that championship stretch, but he didn't really do anything early on in the season. Tyler Lockett's been there getting you those early season wins, helping you get to the championship to begin with, uh, get to the playoffs, get to the championship. Zach Ertz, same thing. He was there early on and got hurt. So he didn't really qualify for me. Cordero Patterson was fine. Taysom Hill. No, just, just no, he's, uh, I don't like him for fantasy at all. Adam Thielen again, you know, he was fine, but uh, Tyler Lockett obviously had the much better season. Yeah, uh, a big part of Lockett here too is, I mean, coming into the season, nobody expected what we saw out of the Seahawks offense, and Lockett was probably a guy you could have picked up for relatively cheap in a lot of your leagues. So, uh, you know, to the whole point of this category, he's thirty. You know, he is on a team that nobody saw performing, and he went out and he put up a wide receiver thirteen season, which is much more than you probably expected coming into the season. But to Phil's point, he's pretty much been around that range for the last four years, five years even. So um, while it may have been a surprise, mostly because everyone didn't expect Gino to come out and play as well as he did, uh, it's really kind of where he's been pretty consistently. So I think it was a runaway for me as well. I don't think any of these other guys really competed. Um, I think if Zach Ertz had stayed healthy, he probably would have been up there too. He was having a pretty solid season before he went down and was helping out a couple of my teams and some championship pushes. So I think if he had remained healthy, he probably would have been in the conversation for me. Yep. Yeah. So the, so the runner up for this was Tyler Higby, who was my personal choice. Um, 
I thought he had a pretty phenomenal season as a tight end. He came through in the playoffs and he, uh, you know, he put up some really big games to help people advance, but it was pretty close Um, the rest of the pod. They were all number one on Tyler Lockett and we all came pretty close together on uh, Tyler Higby. Yeah. I think David said it best. If Ertz didn't get hurt, just the consistency that he was putting up, he was getting targets, getting receptions, perfect for a tight end premium. I think he probably would have won this award if he actually played the whole season. But Tyler Lockett, man, you were looking at somebody top 17 in the last five years, top 15 in the last four years. We got to start asking the question, when is he going to start slowing down? When is he going to stop? Because you can still get him very cheap. So, yeah, Tyler Lockett, he's a, he is a good football player. Hey, you can make the argument that his price actually went down from last season. Like you, I was getting him for a late second before last season. And now it's like, you're going to, are you going to charge me the same price? He's a year older, right? So uh, I, I'd definitely be going out trying to get him right now. All right. Moving into our next award. This one's going to be for our breakout player of the year. Uh, so some con- contingencies here, there couldn't, couldn't be any rookies. Um, It had to have been a player that at least played one season prior. Uh, So our nominees for this category were Amon Ra St. Brown, Ramondre Stevenson, Tony Pollard, Jamal Williams, Devontae Smith, Christian Kirk, Evan Ingram, Tyler Higbee, Jawan Johnson, Zay Jones, Josh Jacobs, and Daniel Jones. And the winner of this uh, category is actually Daniel Jones. Uh, I think it's a pretty well-deserved award in comparison to the other guys. It's really, he's he's probably the biggest breakout on this list. Uh, nobody really expected this level of performance from him coming into the season, and he really showed that you know he can do uh, some good things in this offense with Dable, so uh, I think it's a well-deserved honor. The, the second-place runner-up was actually a tie between Evan Ingram and Christian Kirk. Oh, I'm sorry. It was not. Devontae Smith was second place. Um, Evan Ingram and Christian Kirk were one point behind them at, in, in a tie for third place. So runner up Devontae Smith, actually. Yeah, I just want to point out that uh, most of us had Daniel Jones as our number one. Heaps had him all the way down at number seven for whatever reason um, with quarterbacks and super flex and Daniel Jones with the reputation he had finishing top 10. That's impressive. I don't care what anyone says, especially for fantasy. Um and then my other guy I had at number two, uh, Devontae Smith is the clear-cut number two for me. Um, he finished as, I think, wide receiver 29 in his rookie season, and then they got A.J. Brown. So I think everybody thought they were writing Devonta Smith off, thinking he wasn't going to even come close to a top 10 finish because, hey, they added A.J. Brown. And some people were down on Jalen Hurts. So I think Devonta Smith finishing as a wide receiver one, that's that's a clear breakout for me. So it was between him and Daniel Jones for me. Yeah. Um, the reason why I have Daniel Jones that low is because at least my, at least when it comes to me, I still don't feel comfortable owning him as a dynasty asset. And if you look at his stats, I'm not necessarily impressed by his stats, but he definitely These are the one season one season awards, Heebs. One season long, not Dynasty. Even though we're a Dynasty pod, I mean. <laughs> but it's his stats still weren't that impressive this year uh, for me. And I I look at a player like Devonta Smith and Christian Kirk. Players uh, we expected it with Devonta Smith, but Christian Kirk I don't think anyone expected him to do as good as he did. And I 
that that's the reason why I have I was hiring those guys. So So yeah. you could so you could make the argument that nobody thought Christian Kirk was gonna do that well, but he had finished as a wide receiver two, signed one of the biggest wide receiver contracts in the offseason, going to be a wide receiver one with Trevor Lawrence. Devonta Smith got passed over for AJ Brown, essentially. So that's why I kind of moved him up there. But I, I I'm not going to discount what Christian Kirk did. That's still impressive, obviously, with a with a young quarterback finishing as a wide receiver one. So he had a great year too. Yeah. So for me, with this, it was everybody was writing Daniel Jones off. He was he was basically irrelevant. He was untradeable. Uh, you could people were selling him for like thirds and stuff. He was out of the league basically. And then on, all of a sudden, he throws a top ten fantasy season, and. That, to me, right there is more than enough to win the award. My second place was Josh Jacobs. Um, I, he just, you know, he finished his, what, RB2 or 3 or something like that. It was ridiculous, and he was just the best running back all year, in my opinion. I mean, Eckler did his thing, but he wasn't really being a runner. He was more of a receiver. So uh, Josh Jacobs would have been my clear, too. Yeah, so I didn't, I didn't think... Josh Jacobs even belonged on the list, if I'm being honest. He had a good season, but I wouldn't call it a breakout. He's finished as an RB1 before. Like, yeah, he had a great season, but I, I wouldn't call it a breakout. So I didn't, I honestly, I think I put him as my number eight. I didn't even really include him just, just because of that, not because he didn't have a good season. Yeah, I I mean, I had Josh Jacobs as my number eight as well out of, I think it was eight options. Uh, to Phil's point, he's had two previous RB1 seasons, if you're talking top 12. Yeah, he had 100 more fantasy points than his previous best finishes, which is obviously impressive. But uh, for me, the the true category of breakout was more of a guy who really went above and beyond anything he's done before. And for that reason, it was Daniel Jones for me. All right, Heaps, next award goes to you. What do we got? Yep, so the next award is the Young Buck Award. This is a player that is that is 23 or younger, and it just caught our eye. Um, there's no elite studs like JJ or CD and then, um, or T-Law. So the candidates are Justin Fields, Travis Etienne, Kenneth Walker, Amron St. Brown, Garrett Wilson, Chris Olave, and Cole Komet. And the winner is Garrett Wilson. Now, personally, I'm not I'm not surprised about that. I, I mean, Garrett Wilson was, I think, the best player coming out of this draft class. And he proved it with some mediocre quarterback play. And I think his stock will only go up. Um, a couple other notable names. I, I think a lot of people uh, weren't too crazy about selecting Amron St. Brown for this award just because he produced pretty well last year and I don't think anyone was really too surprised but I think everyone on this list their dynasty values went up and I think all of them are buys um but yeah Garrett Wilson I think was the clear cut yeah uh Garrett Wilson had a great season uh, the only one I had over Garrett Wilson was Justin Fields yeah you can say I'm biased I'm a Bears fan whatever but he had Nearly 200 more fans. Like, you can make the argument that he should have been in that breakout player list because he had 200 more fantasy points than he had in his rookie season um, playing with nothing. I mean, Darnell Mooney and David Montgomery and Khalil Herbert, like, in a terrible offensive line. Like, anything since QB7? 
Chase Claypool came later in the season and also did nothing. So Dante Pettis was another one of his top receivers. It's like this dude finished with uh, 300 and something, 341 fantasy points, something like that finishes as QB seven overall on the season. Like I think he definitely took the next step could have been the breakout player. Um, and so I, I had him over Garrett Wilson, but Garrett Wilson was my number two. Yeah, so the runner-up for this one was Chris Olave, but it was pretty much a blowout for uh, Garrett Wilson. It wasn't even close. It was one wasn't even within seven or eight points. But personally, for me, I did not have Garrett Wilson as the breakout. I had Amon Ross St. Brown. He just clearly took the step up, and he just was peppered with targets by Goff. He led that Detroit Lions offense. Um, he was the guy. Uh, I, I don't think anything was more surprising from a younger guy this year. You know, I went to a game against the Jags and it was just 10 yards slants to Amon Ross St. Brown all game long. And the announcer was just screaming St. Brown literally every other play. So, uh, I mean, he, it was his team and his year, in my opinion. I mean, I'm a, a big fan of Amon Rob, but for me, uh, he, when I look back at what he did last season and then compare it to this season, I mean, I don't know that this was necessarily the year that we are, are going to give him that award. Um, I think we look back at what he did last year. He only put up 40 more fantasy points this year, which is, you know, it's a wide receiver seven season, but just when I look at the, the list, I think, Garrett Wilson was probably the one that was the biggest surprise out of anybody on the list. I think I expected it more from Amon Rodgers because of how he finished last year. And the one thing about St. Brown is, you know, last year I didn't like his price point. And so I didn't really get any St. Brown and I kind of regret it, but now I really don't like his price point. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah, but, man. We've and done hopefully I'm wrong about it again. We've done <laughs> Two startups this offseason. He's gone in the third round, the beginning of the third round in both drafts. That he is literally undraftable now. It's it's absurd. That was just way kind of, too rich. It plays right into my winnings, right? Like people everybody a lot of people are thinking he's he was the, the guy too. So way too rich for me, especially with uh Jameson Williams coming in. He's gonna have be hopefully fully healthy going into next season. Uh, I I cannot pay that price for Amon Ross St. Brown. I'm not not to say he's not a good receiver, but third round, no, I'll I'll take I'll take a quarterback and I'll take a tight end and super flex at that price. So, um, all right, let's move on. Uh, we've got the Bust Anonymous Award. I don't know what those words mean. But a uh, player who just completely fell on their face this season. So some of the nominees got Russell Wilson, Zach Wilson, Derek Carr, Jonathan Taylor, Kareem Hunt, A.J. Dillon, Deontay Johnson, Drake London, Debo Samuel, Ryan Tannehill, and Kyle Pitts is in there for some reason. Uh, probably just to make fun of Andy, but uh, he definitely did bust. But he's not the winner, surprisingly. Uh, Zach Wilson, which... I'm not ready to write Zach Wilson off. Uh, you've probably heard me talk about it on the pod before, but he was not my number one. He was hurt to start the year, and then he kind of dealt with some other stuff. So you can make the argument that he busted, but my number one pick was Russell Wilson. Just because of the 
high expectations that were set for him, especially in the fantasy football community. Some of us on the pod here said that the Broncos were going to go to the Super Bowl, right? I mean, they were stacked. Defense, offense, they had Russ Wilson, Javante Williams, Cortland Sutton, uh, Jerry Judy. Uh, it, it was just stacked, right? And they ended up flopping. So I think for based on the expectation that Russell Wilson was going to you know, lead them like that and the fact that he finished as QB 16 in a down year for offenses, I think he's my bust. Yep. So, and to piggyback off that, he is our runner-up and was very heavily skewed by Andy. And if he was not, Andy had him as seven. Um, if he had him anywhere five, six, uh, he would have been the, the winner. Um, so well, Andy's pretty- wrong as usual, so just just know <laughs> not to listen to him. So, yeah, so Russ Wilson is our bust. He, Andy's not even here. We could just say that, right? <laughs> Andy. Yeah, Russell it was Wilson, a, pre- it was a pretty bust. close battle. But um, I, I did have Zach Wilson as my bust. He just being benched, you know, Mike White, all this. I do. I still believe in the talent of Zach Wilson. I think best case scenario, Tom Brady goes to the Jets, plays a year. Zach Wilson learns from Tom Brady. And then it's a facto. We put Zach Wilson right back in the starting lineup and we get rolling. Um, he needs time to learn. He's young, dude. He's like 23 or 22 or something. He just needs time. Not everybody jumps into the league and gets off running. Now, I also had Zach Wilson number one, but I completely understand Russell Wilson. And now that I'm thinking about it, maybe I want to switch to Russell Wilson because those expectations were sky high. But the reason why I picked Zach Wilson is because the Jets did everything right by surrounding him with weapons and surrounding him with talent and a great defense. They gave him everything you can possibly ask for in a quarterback, and he still failed. And I honestly, he and on this list, some of these players still hold value, but I'm not a Zach Wilson believer anymore. And I think Zach Wilson is the closest to zero value in Dynasty. So, yeah, that that's what made me pick him as number one. I guess, I guess for me is every, that New York Jets team is a Super Bowl team if they had a competent quarterback that was ready to go right now. And I think that's just where all the expectations lie on Zach Wilson and why he became the bust. Um, and, you know, he's got f- his own fans booing him and all this. And he j- it's, it's a mental game. Um, you know, the coach says that he's still their guy and they're going to roll with him through the offseason. And through the season next year. So we'll see. Um, I'm still buying Zach Wilson, though. Don't get this twisted. Um, he comes super cheap in startups. He's coming in like the 13th, 14th, 15th round of startups. So I'm all in on that. Yeah, just a reminder. Um, Heaves is no longer in on Zach Wilson, but he also said Zach Wilson is the next Mahomes. So uh, take that for what it's worth. But I agree. Russ was my bust this year. Um, I had Zach at second. Um, he was my runner-up. But I, I don't know. I I think if Zach can get the mental thing figured out, I think he'll be fine. I think a lot of this is a mental game for him. He's in his own head. He's shown flashes. He's got the talent. He just has to get his head on straight and figure out how to play in the league. And, uh, you know, the, everything I've heard reports wise is that he puts in the work he doesn't he's never missed a meeting he comes in early he stays late so he's the kind of guy that you want in a locker room 
I think he'll ultimately get it figured out. Uh, but, you know, this year with the expectations going in and the team around him, it was a disappointment for me. But uh, Russ was certainly more disappointing because I was one of those people that unfortunately said they were going to be in the Super Bowl. So, All right. So moving on, uh, we have the DRT sad stat of the year. Now, this is just a stat that makes us go, damn, did you see that? Dude, look at that season. So our candidates are Austin Eckler with 107 receptions, 18 total touchdowns. We have Justin Jefferson with 184 targets. We have Jamal Williams with 17 rushing touchdowns. We have Patrick Mahomes with 41 touchdowns on 12 interceptions. And then uh, Juju Smith-Schuster with 77.2 catch percentage. And Geno Smith with 70% completion percentage. And the winner is Geno Smith with 70% completion percentage. Now, I think Shaq Factor is what won him this award. And I completely understand it. No one expected Geno Smith to be so accurate and so amazing in this offense. Um, I personally gave it to Austin Eckler just because I thought that was an insane, you know, season out of him that we've never seen from Austin Eckler. We knew he was a PPR beast, but getting over this is his first time over 100 receptions by a long shot. Um then there's, you know, you see Justin Jefferson's doing normal Justin Jefferson stuff. Patrick Mahomes doing normal Patrick Mahomes stuff. But then, and then we got Jamal Williams, which was quite a shock. So he definitely, definitely got some votes. And then Juju Smith-Suster, I don't even think should be a candidate. He was a uh, bottom on everyone's board. <laughs> I didn't even know it was a stat until I saw it on the sheet. So, <laughs> yeah, so Juju and Mahomes shouldn't even be here because they're, they're fine, but they're not like insanely impressive. Um, I had Justin Jefferson as my number one. Uh, I don't think Gino should have won the award, but uh, when when after looking up some stats after, so I did this on basically the eye test, like hey, which one stands out to me? And it was I went with Justin Jefferson. I did some research on it, and um, so for Justin Jefferson, that's eleventh all time in targets by a wide receiver. And Gino for a completion percentage, 14th all time in completion percentage in a season. So both pretty solid. But then uh, looking at it, and I know I should have known this because Hebes gave a take about Austin Eckler um, potentially breaking the reception record for running back. That actually, so he ended with 107. He tied Christian McCaffrey for second. So Christian McCaffrey holds first and second place. Um, hey, Matt Forte, number three. Hebes, you know all about that. Bears, Bears running back, big fan. Yeah, number three all time. So, uh, so after doing the research, I think uh, Austin Eckler wins the award for me. Great season. Uh, surprisingly, I was kind of a fan of Matt Forte watching him back in the day. Yeah, my winner um, ended up being Jamal Williams in this category. I mean, he was the 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 reason that for for me the selection was him was just because the definition of this category is a stat that makes you go damn and i don't think anybody saw 17 touchdowns coming out of jamal williams you know i could you could say you obviously saw receptions coming from eckler you saw targets coming from jj you know the two biggest surprises for me were jamal williams and gino uh, those were the two that i didn't really see coming or you know didn't see as possibilities at all and for that reason jamal williams was my number one uh gino was my number two so 
I think they both had pretty impressive stat lines. I don't think you can take that away from them. I agree. Eckler had an amazing season. JJ had an amazing season. Um, agreed. Mahomes and Juju probably don't even belong on this list, in my opinion. But I think, you know, you could make a case for a few of these guys. It's it's mostly personal preference, but the one that really stood out to me was Jamal Williams, you know, breaking Barry Sanders' record of 17 touchdowns. And on top of that, he rushed for over 1,000 yards, and I didn't see that coming either. So uh, double surprise for me from Jamal Williams. Yeah, piggyback right off of that. My number one was Jamal Williams as well. You just look at That's all these. your Lions homer and your Packers homer talking, talking to everybody. Yeah. So. But, I mean, you just look at this, and you, the one thing, one stat out of all of these stand out, and it is the touchdowns for Jamal. Nobody nobody saw this coming. I, I did have Geno Smith 70% completion as my number two. Um, but, yeah, I don't even think it was close. I think this was a clear-cut runaway for Jamal Williams. Yeah, I don't think anyone expected Jamal Williams to have that season. Just, you know, heading into the season, okay, DeAndre Swift is your guy. And then you got Jamal Williams getting most of the workload, 1,000 yards, and breaking the touchdown record. Like, what the hell? (laughs) Franchise touchdown record. Barry Sanders franchise touchdown record. But, yeah. Uh, All right. Next award. Uh, Sean, what do you got? Yeah, so uh, we're done with the season long. And we're going to move into a couple dynasty awards. And the dynasty of first award is called the dynasty riser. And it's pretty self-explanatory. That's a guy who rose the highest in, in dynasty ranks. And uh, our nominees are Daniel Jones, Geno Smith, Ramon J. Stevenson, Christian Kirk, Amon Ra St. Brown, and Devonta Smith. And the winner, he's a, He's a former winner of the DRT awards, and that's Daniel Jones. And uh, I, is that two-time winner, two-time DRT our, award winner. That's our Daniel first Jones. time to our two-time DRT winner. So, do we and, have to refer to Daniel Jones as the two-time DRT award winner from now on, for like the rest of the the season absolutely. that we, or the rest of the, the rest of all time that we talk about yep, him? Maybe, absolutely. maybe he wins a couple awards next year, right? Yeah. And uh, the runner-up is Christian Kirk. Uh, but it wasn't close. It's double what Daniel Jones was. So, yeah, I am. He he's a good quarterback. He gets a contract with the. We talked about him earlier, but if he gets a three to four year contract with the Giants, he could see his way into a top twelve uh, quarterback. I don't know. What do you guys think about Daniel Jones long term, specifically long term? Now, since we've already talked about season long. Yeah, I mean, he saved his career because I think uh, everyone wrote him off on uh, not having a starting job anymore. But I, I feel like I missed the assignment just because uh, I had Gino number one, and a lot of people didn't agree with that. But the reason why I had him as uh, one of the biggest risers is because for the season, his value was absolutely zero. He was a waiver wire pickup. And now we're looking at a two- to three-year contract with him, possibly. So can he repeat success? He sure looked like he, he's a good quarterback. So that's why I had Geno over Daniel Jones. And honestly, if I had both of them on my team, and maybe I'm the only one that thinks this way, but I would feel more comfortable starting Geno over Daniel Jones just because, again, you know, J- Deion Jones was my number two. But I just think Geno Smith rose to heights we 
never expected out of them. But you got to expect that the the Giants are in position to draft one of these top receivers, a JSN, a Johnston, uh, guys like that. So, I mean, if he gets a three- to four-year contract, Giants sign a new rookie, Saquon stays with his big money deal, that offense looks pretty good now. Yeah, Heaps, I think you said it best yourself. You missed the assignment. Gino obviously rose in value, but this is a dynasty award. Uh, I don't think we're looking at Gino in the sense of dynasty. He's a 32-year-old quarterback. Yeah, he could play for a few more years. I think he'll be fine for a couple more years. But Daniel Jones is still just 25. Um, you know, To your point, he saved his career this year. Uh, QB nine season. Nobody saw that coming. So uh, to Sean's point earlier, he was a guy that was, you know, throw in on trades in some situations. He was a third round, like, give me whatever you'll, you can give me and get him off my team in some situations. So yeah, Gino was a waiver wire pickup, but Daniel Jones is a 25 year old quarterback who has the potential to be a, a quarterback in the league for another 10 years at this point. So you know, I think for that reason, it being a dynasty award, that's where Daniel Jones beats out Gino for me. My second place runner up for me was Amonra and then Christian Kirk. I could have flip flopped either one of them. They're both uh, pretty impressive. Um, I think you could probably make a case for either one of them. Yeah, so I agree with everything pretty much that David said. So I'm not going to really repeat anything. But honestly, I think. Amon Ra is the biggest dynasty riser, at least in the community. Not for me. Devonta Smith's on this list. I think he's the biggest riser for me, and he's still being drafted in, like, the seventh round. Amon Ra went up to the third round. That's ridiculous. Give me the value of Devonta Smith in the seventh round over Amon Ra St. Brown in the third round every single time. So in terms of the community, yeah. Amon Ross St. Brown is the biggest dynasty riser. Um, Christian Kirk is up there, I think, because he he was going super late in startups last year. And now he's probably going around the same time as Devonta Smith. So how Devonta Smith has not moved up it, it amazes me. I, I, I don't understand that at all. He came from wide receiver 29 to wide receiver, what was it, 8, 9? Something like that. It's like, he should be the one that's going up. But uh, that being said, he didn't fall. So who were some of our uh, dynasty fallers? David? Oh, it looked like Sean had his hand up. Were you going to say something, Sean? Okay. Oh, uh, yeah. oh yeah. I, w- I was just going to ask you guys um, how you guys feel about Christian Kirk, Kelvin Ridley, Zay Jones next year. Um, how do you see Christian Kirk finishing? Does he f- take a step forward with more comp? Uh, more eyes being looked at or does he does he fall back more towards that wide receiver two range that he uh he's been i think he's going to stay relatively the same i think the offense as a whole is going to take a step up i think uh t law is going to throw more i think the offense is going to be a lot more efficient and i see calvin ridley being close like it's going to be a battle on who's going to be the top wide receiver there it could be either name i don't know which one i'd I'd feel more comfortable saying kirk just because i saw him last year but um yeah i just think the offense as a whole is going to be up so i i have christian kirk with the same production that he had this year yeah i don't think he finishes as a a wide receiver one next year uh i'd give him mid-level 
wide receiver two as his ceiling. Uh, I think he finishes on the lower end. I think he kind of splits that with Calvin Ridley. I think Zay Jones is going to be the one that actually falls out of that wide receiver two range for fantasy. Agreed. Um, I, I'm in the same boat as Phil. I think you know, mid wide receiver two is probably the uh, the the falling spot. Agreed with Zay Jones as well. I think you know, especially if Evan Ingram comes back, that takes pretty much all of Zay Jones out of it with Ridley, Kirk, and Ingram. So. Uh, and then you throw in ETN coming out of the backfield too. So he'll have those one-off games. Like Zay Jones will have those one-off games yeah. like Marvin Jones had this year. I think it'll be more like that for him. Agreed. For yeah, sure. exactly. And that's what I'm targeting in these late round drafts. Uh, Zay Jones is my Tyler Boyd this year. He's the guy that I believe if. Hey, I've got a lot of Zay Jones. You want to give me a first and a second? I'll smash it right now. I got to see it first, but. I'm projecting, and I believe if, you know, Ridley's not going to come back right away, if he doesn't get uh, suspension uplifted, um, we could see Zay Jones take a tick up. You know, if there's an injury to Kirk or Ridley, uh, Zay Jones is a guy you're going to want to own because he's a guy you can just throw in, and he can produce fantasy points for you. And he comes cheap, right? Christian Kirk uh, and... Calvin Ridley, Evan Ingram. Those are the Jags that you want to own. Pass catchers. And then no, everybody's going to forget about Zay Jones. He's the guy that you're going to want to own. Take him in the late rounds. I got him, I think, round 17, 18 in startups this year. That's where you, where you want to be. All right, David, you want to get us into some fallers? Yeah. So um, our final award for the day is going to be our Dynasty Faller. Um, pretty self-explanatory here, so we'll just jump into our nominees. Uh, the first one's Ezekiel Elliott, Zach Wilson, Tom Brady, Debo Samuel, Aaron Rodgers, Bateman, Matthew Stafford, and Russ Wilson. And our winner is Zach Wilson. Um, I personally don't agree here. Um, again, a, it's a dynasty award. Uh, and Zach Wilson is still young. Yes, his value came down because of his play, but a lot of the Zach Wilson owners, I still don't think are going to move off of him for a low-end offer. You might find one-offs where someone's going to trade him for cheap, but I still think you're going to be paying at least something for Zach Wilson. My my biggest dynasty follower was Matt Stafford. You know, he got injured. He didn't play very well before the injury. He's pretty up there in age at this point. And on top of it all, you know, who knows what that offense is going to look like next year. Uh, yeah, they've got Cooper Cup still, but after that, it's just a hodgepodge of who knows. Um, there's not a lot of great free agents out there for them to go out and target. If you're running out Cam Akers as you're starting running back, we've already seen that that can be hit or miss. So I think Stafford will still be a serviceable QB, but from a dynasty standpoint, uh, he was my, my biggest follower followed closely by Debo Samuel. Actually, um, Debo without the rushing upside is just not what I want on my team at this point. Um, uh, has looked significantly better than Debo in my opinion. Obviously CMC is getting a lot of the 
receptions out of the backfield and the carries that were previously going to Debo when he was playing that running back type position. So for me, uh, Debo Samuel comes into my number two. Yeah, so Matt Stafford was within one point of uh, Zach Wilson. This was the closest award we've had. And uh, and they were all within three points of each other. Um, So a lot of disagreement here. Um, But yeah, I had Zach Wilson too. And don't don't forget, um, we mentioned it earlier, but now we also have to, every time we talk about Zach Wilson, two-time DRT award winner, Zach Wilson. Looking to break the streak next year. Who's going to get one? Yeah, that'll be interesting to see, right? Zach Wilson or Daniel Jones. We'll, <laughs> we'll have to monitor that as we go forward. But uh, yeah, Matt Stafford was the number one for me as well. And the main reason being is that he was going in the second round of startups last season, and now he's going like 11th or 12th. And it because he got hurt, like he's going to come back and play next year, and he still has Cooper Cup and Sean McVay and think he's going to figure it out. He'll probably be fine. Uh, Although I was out on Matt Stafford before any of you guys just want to say that said sell him at the beginning of the year. But uh, he's the biggest dynasty follower for me, obviously, for that reason. Uh, Russell Wilson was a close second just because he was also going in the second, third round of startups last year, and he's fallen quite a bit. So both of those guys and then Debo for all the reasons that David mentioned. uh, That's my number three. Brady and Rodgers don't even belong on this list because obviously they're dynasty fallers. They're 39 and 45, so they're not going to be around much longer, even though I would like Brady to play until he's 50. I don't see it happening. (laughs) So, uh, hey, if he plays until he's 50, he's a dynasty riser, right? That's five years. We'll take it. Yeah, so for for me, I I voted Zach Wilson number one just because he was around – five, six round quarterback in a startup draft, which, you know, for age, potential, all that's there. And now in a recent draft, he fell all the way down to round 18. So that's that's a pretty big fall from grace. Uh, Stafford was very close uh, just because he was, I saw him going at the late second, early third in startup drafts. And, you know, now we're considering like, is does he only have one more year left into him? We know that he's going to be playing this year, but, what's happening after that. And I'm kind of leaning on the side where he, he might be done afterwards. Uh, his body's given up on him. Um, so those were the two that I was really close with. And I completely agree with Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers. not, shouldn't even be on here. And I also think that way with Ezekiel Elliott last season, they weren't very expensive. They didn't really fall too much in value. They were cheap. They were cheap assets Win now assets. And now they're falling off like they were supposed to do. So yeah, that, that's where I'm at with this. Yeah, so these are our fantasy awards. Um, we're going to do this next year, too. But before we move on, I'm going to ask you guys a question. I want a name with nothing else afterwards. Phil, who is your 2023 fantasy MVP prediction? I think Travis Kelsey repeats. Pretty easy one there. David? You know what? Justin Herbert. Heaps? Man, all right. Um, Aaron Rodgers. Man, you guys are you cheated with Kelsey? So I'm gonna say I'm gonna say Patrick Mahomes. All right, Andy DM me, and he said Kyle Pitts. Oh uh, God, shocker. get out! Who okay. saw that one coming? 
But uh, my fantasy MVP 2023, Joe Burrow. All right. So I guess that wraps up our awards and apparently predictions that none of us knew were coming. So normally we put Hebes on the spot. Uh, We're going to skip his trade of the week this week. We'll do it next week. Um, Hebes, you're back. Wearing that Khalil Mack jersey. I'm going to see how many times I can get you to wear something during this season. So why don't you uh, give us your take of the week? What do you got? Yeah, so there was once a man, a handsome man, I got to say, that uh, took a 9-8 and eight team and said, oh, they're going to be 13-4. and four. Well, they did better than that, and then they led the NFC with and had a first-round bye in the playoffs. That, those were the Eagles, and that man was Heaves himself. Uh, well, there was a 9-8 and eight team this year that I think is going to be 13-4 and four or better and is going to lead the AFC this season or next season, and that's going to be the Jacksonville Jaguars. I think T-Law is taking that next step up. ETN, Calvin Ridley, Christian Kirk, and Evan Ingram's coming back. I think they're going to be on steroids. They're just going to take that next step up where it's just going to be like, wow, this team is insane. I predicted the Eagles. I invented the Eagles. Well, guess what? I predict and invent the Jacksonville Jaguars, and that is not only because I live in Jacksonville right now. Man, uh, I could I could see where you're getting it from. The team's stacked to the core, young quarterback on a rookie contract. Um, I want this to happen. I love the Jags, but the AFC is just so freaking stacked. I just it like the Eagles, they could just run their way to the top because it sucks. There's literally the Niners and then a bunch of mid teams. So I don't see this happening because Patrick Mahomes, Joe Burrow, Josh Allen, the Jets, whoever the quarterback, hopefully it's Derek Carr, uh, you know, teams like that. I, it's going to be so hard to compete in the AFC that I don't see this happening, though I would love to see it happen for all of the Jaguars um, position players because I own a lot of them. So, sure, I'm on. I will say one thing. Um, when it comes to the AFC, the Jags are in the easiest division, and they play those all those teams twice. So it gives them that little edge to make this uh, take possible. Yeah, so my first question is, did you look at their upcoming opponents for this year before you made this take? Yeah, I was gonna I was gonna bring that up as well because um, most of their opponents fucking suck, but I can pick out four probable losses right off the bat, and that's the Bills, the Forty ers the Chiefs, and the Bengals, and then probably also the Ravens for a fifth loss. So, I, I, Steelers yeah. Steelers could get a win. Steelers, the Saints could yeah. get a win. Uh, the, the Panthers Browns. even the Panthers surprise some people. The Browns, um, the Falcons, depending on who they get. Uh, I see at least seven losses. And first of all, first of all, I invented the Jaguars. You can go back previous pods. I said that they're winning the division this year. I said that, and that was when they. It was way early on in the season when Andy still had hope for the Colts that they were going to win the season, uh, win the division. Uh, or that the Titans were going to win the win the division. No, it was the Jaguars, just like I said. Trevor Lawrence is the goat. But so are no, you with me I on this not, No, I am not with you. I will not sign on with this. Then I, I invented the Jags. They <laughs> will win the division next year. 
and I'm going to say 10 and 7. They're not going to go 13 and 4. Yeah, I think 10 and 7 is respectable. I could potentially see 11 and 6. Uh, it, it, there's going to be a couple close games here. Like, a, you know, the ones Phil mentioned, the Browns, I think, could be a close game. They've still got the weapons. Deshaun Watson's just going to get more comfortable in that offense. So they've got a solid defense. I think they're going to make some heads turn coming into this next season. So, yeah, I, I don't see 13 and 4 being a possibility at all, despite the fact that they're playing five teams with a combined like 20 wins in the next season. So, yeah, I, I just don't see it happening. I do see a clean sweep of the division, though. I don't think they lose to the Titans. I don't think they lose to the Colts or the the Texans. So, I mean, there's six wins right there. And then they just got to keep going. Division Anything's possible, tough, right? Yeah, for sure. I mean, the best case scenario is I would say the Colts. Colts pick up a quarterback. They could probably steal a game. But hey, even the, the Texans squeaked the out Texans, a couple wins this year. Yeah, the Texans are going to pick up a high draft pick. The Colts have had talks of trading up to the first pick. They've got a solid team outside of the quarterback. I mean, they've got the running back. They've got the offensive line. I mean, that's not as good as it used to be, but it's still a solid offensive line. They've got some decent weapons at receiver. Their defense is solid. You add a quarterback into the Colts, and I could certainly see them competing. So, I could even see Derrick Henry stealing a game, right? And he has a 250-yard rushing game that just completely controls the game. He could steal a game himself, too. So, it's it's highly unlikely that Heaps can factually predict two 13 and four seasons back to back. So he I'm didn't go anyway. The Eagles yeah. finished 14 and three. He got that one wrong. Yeah, oh, that's true. You know, people, all fail. Yeah, people used to say that winning back to back in Dynasty was hard, and uh, you know, I think it's kind of easy. Oh, for fuck's sake! Okay. From all of us at the Dynasty Roundtable, we want to thank you for listening to this week's episode. Please be sure to give us a rating, review, and subscribe to our podcast. We'll be back next week talking all things Dynasty Fantasy Football. Have a great week, and we'll see you then. Did I mention that Saquon Barkley fucking sucks?